Well, welcome to the uh, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, we're so glad to have all of you join us. I trust you uh, enjoyed the worship and were able to get into it in your own home as well as uh, the miracle working song and the monologue that we had. And as I was thinking about uh, the monologue, I, I felt that it really expresses what was happening at that time in the heart of people. There was a, you know, there was a, a news of joy that he was going to be the king, and then there was uh, the sudden death on the cross and the crucifixion, and then from there he went into the grave, and there seemed to be despair and disappointment. But then, of course, in the thir- on the third day, he rose from the dead, and then the miracle working song. I just felt like. Um, it is so appropriate for what we're about to talk about. And so I want to encourage you this morning, even in your own home setting there, uh, to expect a miracle today. I believe that God has something to say to us, especially in the days and the times that we're living in. And so I want to just encourage you to uh, just to hear the Lord and ask for just a miracle to take place this morning uh, in this uh, exciting day that we're in. Uh, I want to just uh, say something. Something. Um, I want you to think about uh, a cell phone. And when I uh, hold this up before you, and uh, I believe when I show it to you, that uh, the one thing that you do think is that, you know, there had to be somebody that made this cell phone. It didn't just evolve, it didn't just fall together uh, with a bunch of stuff thrown in the air, but somebody made it. There, I, I've never personally met a cell phone maker myself but I know that they're there because I hold the cell phone here. And as I was thinking about that before the message, I kind of thought, you know, how incredible are you and I made? I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal to see what the body can do and the mind can do. And, uh, and so uh, I think we would probably continue to agree that if, uh, if we are so incredibly and wonderfully made, that there also had to be a maker. And I want you to just keep that in mind as we go through this message that you're not an accident, but you were created by a God who loves you. And as we go through this message, I'm going to talk about the benefits of the resurrection. And so as we do that, let's just open with a word of prayer and just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us right where we're at. Father, we thank you today for your goodness. Thank you for your loving kindness. God, I pray today that as we're joining together around our uh, televisions, around our uh, computers, Father, that, uh, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just speak, excuse me, deep into each one of our hearts on this special day that we celebrate your resurrection. Bless this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to talk about the benefit uh, the benefits of the resurrection. I have three of them that I want to address today. The first one is the first benefit that we see from the resurrection is actually the forgiveness of past sins. The forgiveness of past sins. Let me read to you a Bible verse that addresses this, and then I'm going to talk about just a couple other verses because I think it's important for us to understand as we celebrate this day what really does it mean. Uh, in Romans chapter 4, Uh, in verse 25, it says, because of our sins, because of our sins, Jesus was handed over to die, or as we would know, and most of us would know, he was handed over to be crucified. And then he was raised to life in order to put us 
back into right relationship with God. And so when we think about the resurrection, it's actually the completion of what Jesus started. And as we do know, according to the scripture, without the resurrection, there's no hope. And there's, there's a couple of scriptures that I, I want to just uh, speak to us this morning. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 says this. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I read this scripture this morning for us because uh, it's so often that I've heard in talking to people that when I say, well, why should you go to heaven? Why should you be able to enter heaven? And oftentimes the answer is, is, well, I'm a good person and I've done good things. And I think it's important for us as we uh, look into the Word of God to, to realize it really doesn't have anything to do with doing good things. The Bible says we're born with the, this nature of sin, but the one who came to take care of it, Jesus, uh, did a completed work for each and every one. And in His resurrection, we have the assurance that He's overcome uh, sin and death according to the scriptures. And so I, I think it's exciting to, to be able to see that. Now, of course, as you saw in the illustration, there were, uh, there were a couple of days of concern with the disciples who were walking with Jesus as he was supposed to be the king and said he was going to be their savior and the Lord and all of the things that he spoke to them on uh, his time on earth here. And now we're facing him going to the cross, being beaten, and then we see him actually put into a grave. And that's the thing I think that uh, we, we noticed in the monologue that they were all caught off guard and they were all just kind of frustrated and freaked out and panicking and wondering what was going to happen next. And, and, uh, and, and it took to the third day before they all of a sudden realized that there was a resurrection and it was that resurrection that brought joy to their heart because all of a sudden now they know all the truth that Jesus spoke about was going to come to pass. Everything that he had said up to this point, everything that had been prophesied about him for uh, thousands of years it was going to come to pass because he was dead but now he's alive. I want to just give you a little story to kind of illustrate maybe the feelings that they were going through uh, on this three days. I, I found this to be uh, very uh, encouraging. Uh, this truth is illustrated by, uh, and it's pretty well known in England more so than here, but after the Battle of Waterloo in 1815, uh, all of England was waiting for the news about the outcome of the war. The Duke of Wellington had opposed Napoleon at this point and in, into battle. And of course, there wasn't any telegraph, there wasn't any cell phones, there wasn't any kind of communications in that day for them to get the news back. And so essentially they had to wait until a ship came back with the news. And one of the uh, watchers, as they called him in that day, was watching for a ship. And as that ship rolled closer, he began to see a sign and it said, Wellington defeated. And then the fog kind of covered over the ship quickly, and they only caught that part of the message. And that message was relayed all across England, and they went in total despair thinking they had just lost a war. It wasn't but an hour or so later when, again, that ship appeared out of the fog. The fog blew away, and the ship appeared out of the fog, and they were able to see the entire message. And the entire message was, Wellington defeated 
the enemy. And all of a sudden, a joy broke out and an excitement began to happen. And, you know, as, I, as I've heard about this particular story, it reminded me of the resurrection. That's exactly how they felt. They thought somehow he was going to be defeated, but he wasn't. The Bible says that he came to, to bring to us eternal life. Scripture says in John chapter 10 and verse 28, he said that he came to give eternal life to his people. And so we knew that's going to happen. They knew it was going to happen, but they were discouraged for just a moment after his crucifixion. Listen to this verse here. I find this ties it together and, and, and maybe helps us to understand the feeling and the emotion of where the, what they were going through. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 54 says this here, it was a terrible day. At noon, the sun suddenly disappeared. Speaking of the time of crucifixion, everything became frighteningly dark. Then there was an earthquake. Events took place that caused even the Roman centurions to exclaim, surely he was the son of God. So everything was beginning to happen now. It looked like a defeat. But then all of a sudden, darkness covered the earth and, and all of those people that were opposing him, even they came to the conclusion, wow, this was the son of God. Jesus died uh, and, and he definitely was buried in the tomb, but we also realize that on the third day when uh, Mary went back to the tomb, the stone had rolled away as demonstrated in the monologue, and I hope that really touched your heart. It, 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 it rolled away, and they realized that he was no longer there, but he'd actually risen from the dead. The day after he was buried, uh, because he, he did die physically. I mean, he was completely beaten, uh, hung on the cross to, to, uh, to bring to complete death. Uh, but we realized that he had to do that to defeat the enemy. Uh, on a historic note, I was just thinking about, you know, when he did raise from the dead, he came back and spent 40 days connecting with people. Actually, the Bible says that he connected with over 5,000 witnesses that knew him, that worked with him, that he had healed, that he'd taught. Over 5,000 witnesses in his day saw him return from the dead. There's absolute proof that what he did, and even Peter, one of his own disciples, said, boy, I just got to feel the scars on your hand. And, and, he, and he ran up to do that. And I just love the fact that Jesus wasn't offended that he was wanting proof. Uh, and he gave it to him. And I, and I just think as we move on in this message, don't be afraid to ask big of God. He's more than willing to answer your questions. The, the Bible says this, speaking of Jesus, salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to men by where we must be saved. And I, and, and I think it's important for us to realize this. There's just not, you know, just anybody or many gods. There's actually no other God that ever came to this earth, walked on this earth, lived among us, died for us, and promised to return to take away our sins and to give us eternal life. And so the first benefit uh, of Jesus' resurrection is the forgiveness of all past sins. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. A very, I love this verse. Um, and one of his greatest followers, Paul, recorded this. He says, but God demonstrated his own love toward us 
in that while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. I, I just love that. Somehow God has gotten this bad rap that he's mean and he does mean things and, oh, he causes this and causes that. And, and I just want to say he demonstrated his love. He gave us proof of his love when he sent his son and had to watch him be crucified on a cross for my sin, not for his. He was righteous completely. And another scripture that I really love is Romans 10 and verse 9. It says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. There it is again, the resurrection, raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So our first point is, the first benefit is that we can be saved through his total uh, reconciliation of our sins for us. The second thing, the second thing that we see in the resurrection is the power for uh, present living, the power for present living. In other words, okay, now I'm saved, I'm born again, and that's awesome, and that's great. I've got a new heart, I've got a relationship with God that I didn't have before. Uh, I, I used to be far from Him, now I'm close to Him. But, but beyond that, now I've got to live every day. And, and I found that <clears throat> it's very true that through this journey, it's often that we still need Him. We need Him close. And, and uh, as we think about the, uh, the goodness of God and the closeness of God in our relationship for our daily living, uh, my favorite verse from one of the greatest kings of all time uh, is found in Psalms 34 and verse 4. And I think that this so applies for the day we're living in. If you just look around, uh, you see fear on so many people's eyes. So many people are just struggling to get a handle around it, recognizing that, boy, we're just powerless in so many ways. Uh, but yet, here's what, here's what King David said. He says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he rescued me from all of my fears. Man, when I think about that, uh, and I remember that, and I, I realize, wow, He's going to be rescuing me when I get in the middle of any circumstance. Jesus himself said he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He also went on to say that he is a very present help in time of need. And I just want to say this to us this morning. In the middle of what we're in, uh, really not only as a nation but as a world, uh, that God is very close and he's very near and he's the one that can actually take the fear out of your heart. I have been amazed to see uh, how I, myself personally experiencing walking through this whole coronavirus issue and recognizing that it has some very serious uh, elements to it, but yet there's been such a peace inside of me that as the, other, uh, as the word says, it's just beyond my understanding. I've just not fallen into fear toward this. And it's because he is a very present help in time of your need. And I just want to encourage you today that uh, we, we, we have someone who's there to help us and well able to help us. The third thing that we see, of course, the resurrection guarantees the forgiveness of our sins. It gives us a present help in time of need. But the third aspect, which is, uh, is amazing, is it gives us hope for our future destiny. It gives us hope for our future destiny. And uh, it, was, uh, it was because of that resurrection that we know that we can be raised also 
after we die. The apostle per, uh, penned these words for us, the apostle Paul. He said, by his power, God raised Jesus from the dead, and he will raise us also. Wow, what an amazing verse for me to be able to allow to settle into my mind and my heart and my spirit and realize that you know, uh, it is a magnificent uh, promise. And, and if I could say this right here, uh, please don't believe for one minute that somebody as beautiful and as wonderfully made as you are are just going to be discarded once you die. You know, you're made in the image of God. And, and, and he's, he's given you an opportunity to live forever. Uh, and, and so we have this promise of a future destiny. Uh, John, one of his closest disciples, person that walked right next to him, right next to Jesus, said this, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house, there's many rooms, and if it were not so, I would have told you. And I am going to prepare a place for you. Wow, what an assurance. What an assurance of this future that he has for us and what he has in mind for you and I as his creation, keeping in mind that you're much greater than this cell phone is, and the maker of you is much greater than the maker of that cell phone. Listen to this story that I, I want to uh, kind of close with here this morning for us. Uh, Eric Baker was a missionary in, in Portugal, and uh, he was preaching the good news of the gospel, and oftentimes, as, as many missionaries, under severe conditions. Well, during World War II, the situation became so critical that uh, he was advised to send his wife and his eight children home. Uh, as they continued uh, the war. And also his, uh, his sister and three children were there, and they were also advised to go home too. So they were all put on the same ship, and they were sent on their way back to England. On the Lord's Day after that, uh, Reverend Barker stood before his congregation. He says, well, I have just received word that all of my family arrived home safely. And then he proceeded with the service, the worship service as usual in the message. And it wasn't until the end of the worship service that the full meaning of what he had just said came forth. He had received a telegram actually informing him that the submarine, uh, there was a submarine that uh, torpedoed the ship that his wife, his eight kids, and all of his family members were on, and everyone on board drowned. Eric Baker knew because everyone in his family had trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that they had, in fact, arrived home safely, their heavenly home. And I just, I just want to take a minute now this morning that, to just say, you know, some of you that are watching here today, maybe you're very far from God. Maybe you've heard about him. Maybe you've uh, maybe gone to church a time or two, seen a show or two, you know. Uh, but yet there, there, there's not this real assurance that there's a personal relationship with him. And as many would say that, you know, if I died tonight, will I be with him? And I, I wouldn't, you wouldn't have that total assurance. And, and, and uh, so I want to just give you these two scriptures again. 
Um, Romans chapter 5 says, But God demonstrated his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. And, and, and that in Romans 10, 9, and if you would confess, and this is the simplicity of the gospel, there's a, it's very simple because again, I'm not trying to be good enough. I don't have to be good enough to receive eternal life. That was never the plan of God. That's why he sent his son to die on the cross for you and I uh, to, to, to make us a complete way to him. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You know, I did this 45 years ago. I was kind of calculating it, not realizing how long ago it had been. <clears throat> but 45 years ago, I remember uh, being introduced to the message of uh, Jesus Christ and, and how he died and, and on the cross, was crucified, but then he rose from the dead. And, and that because of that uh, resurrection, <clears throat> excuse me, I had an opportunity to step into that with him. And and I remember just being an alcoholic and a drug addict and, you know, just a, a, a very messed up person. But it, upon hearing that message, I also began to hear and feel something happening inside of me that, that began to pull me away from all of the distractions of this life and pull me toward the, the Creator. And, and, and as I uh, pondered that for several weeks... I just remember finally talking to God and just getting closer and coming to this point where all of a sudden, uh, it says it in the book of Revelation, the very last book of the Bible, it says, Behold, I'm going to stand at the door and knock. If anyone would open the door of their heart, he would come in. And I can remember as vividly as we're sitting here today, I remember that happening 45 years ago. And I remember uh, opening the door and letting him come in. Uh, I, I want to just give a brief, uh, maybe just a brief uh, illustration of, of receiving Christ for the first time. And I think there's a couple different uh, maybe settings out there. Maybe you're returning to Christ. You've uh, felt like you've been walking far from him. And, and, uh, and then others of you have just want to enter into this relationship for the first time and experience this love and this goodness that God has for you uh, and, and how amazing it is to walk in that relationship with your creator. Remember, knowing the creator. And I, I just, uh, uh, it starts just as we read some of those scriptures. I just need to confess that I was born a sinner. I, I'm not trying to be good enough. I'm not even able to be good enough, but we're all born with that sin nature. Uh, and then we read the scripture where it says, if I would just confess with my mouth and, and then I would believe it in my heart, uh, that Jesus Christ uh, came, died, and was resurrected for me, that uh, I could receive him as my Lord and my Savior. And I want to pray for that uh, with you right now. And, and again, for me, when I was becoming uh, into the place of salvation, I just remember that drawing. It was just a little pull that was pulling me in, and I, I knew I could respond or I could reject and I, I, I fought a little bit during that service as I remember it, but I finally gave in to this overwhelming love that he had for me. And I, and I trust that today you will do that. If you've been far from him, you'll come closer and uh, walk into that relationship. So let's just pray. And uh, we want to help you because it's really the first step. Jesus wants you to follow 
him also, and we'd love to be able to help you do that. Uh, we have a, a website that has different information and a way to connect with us. It's uh, hopealive.church, and just go there, uh, let us know, maybe hit the chat, something on the chat so we know you're there, and let's just make a connection, and let's uh, follow him together. That's the plan and desire. He loves family, and we really, most of us all do, unless we've had a really bad one, but there's a good one that God has for you. So let's pray. Father, we thank you today that uh, you're the one that speaks to us. We come to you by being drawn by you. And as you're drawing us even this morning closer to yourself and, and, and for some coming into a brand new closeness and relationship with their creator, uh, for others, Father, this morning, it's just, uh, Lord, coming close to you instead of walking distantly from you. And Lord, I, I just thank you for every person that's viewing this. And I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is that resurrection power, uh, that every person would be touched, every person would draw closer to you, and, uh, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.